What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Martian and Nazi podcast. This week, we are back to talk about the UFC card going down in Paris, France this Saturday afternoon. For us Americans, there are 11 fights going down in Paris, and we're going to be breaking them all down, talking about the betting odds and giving you our thoughts on those fights. So we'll be doing that in just a moment. But first, got to introduce my co-host, as always, Ozzy. How are we doing this week, my man? We, we, we are back. We're still in international waters uh, this week. Um, you know, I'm a fan of France myself and, uh, and, you know, okay card here, a lot of some switch ups and stuff like that, but we're going into Q4 now. So had a, you know, solid year so far looking to keep pushing, uh, you know, have on, on a nice roll through summer, but, uh, yeah, some good fights coming up. I'm looking forward to it. And a lot of, uh, fights, I think in the future that are kind of still to be made that, uh, should be pretty exciting as well. Yeah, I think the card is is pretty bad. I mean, it has a lot of French fighters on it, so I mean, I'm sure it'll be a great atmosphere. The last the last time we were there, it was an insane atmosphere. I think uh, Gon versus Tuivasa was one of the most like electric crowds I've I've ever seen for a fight. Um, and they just appreciate anything over in Europe, you know. So I mean, like for this card, for example, I'm watching Cage Warriors fights, and the the crowd there is just fucking incredible. Uh, so they just show out for their fighters in, in Europe. So I'm, I'm sure it'll still be a good entertaining event, despite, you know, some of the fights not being too great. Um, and then last week, uh, do you win any you win any bets last week? Yeah, so good. Good overall slate last week. Only kind of things that didn't go my way was uh, Stan leaving that fight on the table. That fight was just, um, I don't know, it's just it was kind of like crawling on my skin, like how Stan was fighting. But I should have known better, right? I think I said, I'm like, I didn't think Anthony Smith would win that fight, but I should have just avoided it altogether. But all, that being said, still ended up uh, double-digit units up, so about 13 units up. So most of the reads were really, really good uh, last week and, you know, had a lot of good dog money plays. Kanan Song uh, ended up on Billy Goff, um, Mikal, Waldo, Troy by decision. Um, so a lot of good stuff there. And uh, and yeah, that Troy that Troy window started off really good vibes. Five AM with the boys, and uh, we kept it rolling through for for a nice nice uh, week. Yeah, your tweet totally predicted that. Um, that was a good right on the money. Mm-hmm. Um, Nali Yang living up to her uh, her title as the worst women's fighter of the past three years. I think lovely. I think that was pretty spot on. Um, only real um, the women's MMA has hope. Uh, Aaron Blanchfield won her fight. Aaron uh, Blanche by decision. Aaron Blanche by decision did come through. Weird fight, but I, I think overall good performance despite it being so weird. Um, and then just McCall Shaychuk is probably one of the most entertaining fighters in the sport right now. Top uh, five show, for me. Showing out for the middleweight fighters. division. And mm-hmm. o- only middleweight fight on the card, and it was just an absolute Amazing. banger from start to finish. Exactly what you that, want. That's just like a fight you like. That's like a, you show your friends like who like don't watch MMA or something, you know, like that. And you're you're looking for something to watch. And you're like, oh, let me, let me put some shit on real quick. And, and that and that's a perfect fight right there where people are gonna be like, Chitty, Chitty's gonna win. And you're like, yo, watch this little Terminator motherfucker right here. He work, he moves all herky jerky, and he's left. Oh man, I love McCall. He they need to make Chris Curtis versus Mikal. Mikal needs a push. We need a push for Mikal into the top. I don't know if he's ranked. But this guy is—he's the best. Nah, I'm don't right. give yeah, him you, Kyle. Don't give him Kyle. Don't do none of that bullshit. But this guy's the best. He's number one. You've been supporting him for a, a while, a, a long while. I think since like uh, Gamzatov, if I remember correctly, he's right. really on that train. So um, enough of. Oh, and then, well, I guess last thing we'll say: Max Holloway destruction. I mean, that fight was pretty pointless and cruel. Everyone seemed like so happy for Chan Sung Jung afterwards, and like, oh, such a great career. Like me. <laughs> The guy got his brain absolutely scrambled in the fight. I told you he was going to get knocked out. You, you did. That, that, and that, not, that, that was probably one of your most concise and accurate breakdowns ever. It was, I think, uh, 35 seconds, uh, and you predicted Max would knock him out and uh, came through. So you were on fire last week. Let's keep it rolling into this week. It was the first event yes. of Virgo season. Small mm. win for me on track bets, 0.69 units. So a uh, small profit there. And we're going to parlay that into this week. So we got 11 fights, and we're going to be starting it off in a women's catchweight fight. Zara Farron taking on Jacqueline Calvacante. Odds for this one have 
Calvicanti minus 350, Farron plus 285. So I decided not to look into this one. Um, you know, I'm not going to be laying juice on a, a women's debut fighter at this price. I'm not interested in betting on Farron at all. The only way I could see looking into this one is on the props of some sort. But I just don't want to be in any situation where I lose money on a Zara, a Zara Farron fight. That just seems like it, it outweighs the possibility of winning a bet here. No matter if I lose on a bet on this fight, that's just a bad way to start your afternoon on Saturday. So no dollars being wagered on this one for me. I'll go Calvicanti by decision. But what are your thoughts here? I see. Awesome. Yeah, so I do have a wager on this fight. I'll keep it short. You know, obviously Zara Farron, she did her thing in her last fight. She lost, you know, but she was fighting tooth and nail against um against Nunes. That fight was uh I guess that was in um where where, where was that? Where did that fight take place? That was in London or was that in know. France or here? Whatever, it doesn't matter. Nunes. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It was matter. in Brazil. Oh, was that oh or early in the year. Okay, yeah, caught it. Um or la- yes, okay. Anyway. So now they gave her this hometown fight. You know, I think she will probably do similar things that she did in that in that fight. You know, obviously this lady's like 38, 39. But what I think is that she's going down to this 140 uh pound um, you know, division, whatever. But Jacqueline, she I think she had fights at 125 before. So basically what I'm saying is I think it's gonna be hard for Jacqueline to necessarily knock Zara out, uh land crazy shots. Maybe the submission, maybe I don't, but I don't know too much about her ground game all that well, all that much. So, what I'm telling you is, I'm taking this fight to go over to go the distance, uh, Jacqueline by decision. Any and all of those, I will advocate for. Hopefully, like last uh, fight event, we started off with a nice decision win and we pick up three different set of bags, um, all close to plus money. So, that is our strategy. Fight it win. would probably have to be like a ground and pound TKO of some sort, um, which has happened like to Farron, yeah. but um, enough about that one. We, uh, men's Bantamweight division, great fight. Uh, probably deserves to be higher on the card, but no Frenchman in this one. Farid Basharat taking on Cleetson Rodriguez, and the odds for this one have Basharat minus 350, Rodriguez plus 285. Same exact odds as the first fight, but this is way more competitive to me, so let's hear your thoughts to, to start this one off. Yeah, cool fight here. You know, Clinton's moving up to 135. Um, and this is a competitive fight between two guys. So obviously you see the 285 number on Clinton. You kind of are, are definitely intrigued. You know, I feel like there is definitely a lot of information on the Bashrats uh, available and out there. And uh, it says that they're well-rounded. They got great gas tanks. Uh, they're very cerebral. They're training with the literally the best guys. So any guys at that weight class um, that are training in that Las Vegas area, are definitely getting Tim in Kwamba. work. Training with Tim Kwambo. So, you know, but obviously they're they're all getting work in with the Bashar brothers. The Bashar brothers are very active. They're all over the place. Um, and so I think it's going to be a tough fight for Clinton just for the introduction into the weight class. Um, you know, he's a young guy as well still. So I'm not sure. Um, like, I don't think he's at his peak yet. So just because he's going to lose this fight, I think. I think like it's like a two-bladed, two-sided, you know, like a two-sided blade right there because you see Clinton and you're like, hey, this guy, his potential is like so up here and, you know, that's why he shouldn't be, you know, this price. But I think it's going to take this guy, he's only got 10 fights, similar to, exact the same to, uh, to uh, what's his name, to uh, Bashra, but he's been kind of inactive. Some of his fights are, are like kind of quick. Some of his fights are... You know, like that uh, CJ Vergara fight where he's not dominating the all time. So, point is, I think early round one could be competitive, but I feel like I'd be looking for a live price if Clinton has any um, uh, success at all. So, with that being said, I think that uh, Bastrat will win, but I do not like any props really. I was thinking the Bastrat props late, but for, they're not. I mean, they're they're pretty poor, poorly priced. Um, f- to go against a guy who does have good, you know, potential like Clemson's past fight for me, but should be a should be entertaining. Yeah, good fight here. I'm looking forward to this one a lot, and uh, I'm pretty pretty high on both guys. I think that Farid is a little more proven of the two, but both still have uh, 
a good amount of questions. I, I think, you know, Fareed, uh, we just know a lot more about him. So I understand him being the favorite. I understand him being uh, a decent favorite. But where it's at now at over 75%, I think is a little too far. Uh, and I think they're underrating cleats in here. So first of all, he's moving up, like Ozzy said. That should be a good thing for him because he struggled to make weight several times in a row at 125. The Vergara fight definitely seemed like he gassed pretty hard in that one. Uh, but he still came back and won the third round and arguably should have won that decision. So even in a bad fight where he did gas out to a really good cardio fighter in CJ Vergara, he still had an argument to win that fight. And I just think that the market's underrating him here a bit. I mean, he is a bigger dog in this fight than he was to Tatsuru Taira, who we know the market is is loving lately. And I just think that Farid only covers his price if he gets easy and frequent takedowns. If this fight stays standing, I do not think there's uh, much of a chance at all that Fareed looks 77%. I mean, I think it's going to be really competitive, maybe even the advantage for Cleetson on the feet. I mean, he throws hard. He's crisp with all of his strikes. Uh, could even have the speed advantage here, considering he's the one coming up in weight. He puts his ass, he puts his ass into it. Love to see that. A, a good observation. And mm -hmm. Fareed's takedowns, they seem good. His top game seems good, but it's not like he's you know, absolutely smashing guys on top. He lands a little ground and pound, but I think he's mostly looking to hold top position. And you saw that in the Blackshear fight, all three rounds of that fight, really competitive. He got takedowns in all three rounds. Uh, Blackshear stood up one time. Uh, Blackshear got his own takedown one time. Blackshear put him in a triangle. Now, Blackshear is a good grappler. I would say far more proven than Rodriguez, but I just didn't see anything super dominant from Farid's top game in that fight. So even if he's getting the takedowns here, I don't think he's going to be automatically looking like this minus 350 price. So I think it's getting out of hand. Small bet on cleats and warranted. And I do think that this goes the distance a little more often than the odds suggest at minus 160. So the uh, the GTD here does seem good. And I believe a small bet on uh, on Cleetson as well. That's going to move us along to another Bantamweight fight, this time in the women's division. We have Nora Cornell taking on Jocelyn Edwards. Odds for this one have a near pick'em. Cornell minus one eleven, Edwards minus one hundred nine. Two way action on this fight here. Yeah, start this one off, Marshall. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Go I'm, I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep it short, just like the the last women's fight. But I don't want accurate. Keep yeah, it yeah. Accurate. I don't want to be in a position to lose money on Jocelyn Edwards. I don't. Mm. She's, I think, quite frankly, horrible. I really do. I think that she's fairly athletic for a woman. But More I just think her you. I just think uh, no, not not that far. Uh, remember her thighs though. Remember that we talked about her thighs in detail one time. Oh, and, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, it's up there. Uh, it's up there. I'm sure someone will pull up the footage. So, I mean, Ed Edwards, her, her UFC wins are seriously so bottom of the barrel. The, her best win is Jiyun Kim. That was a fight that was you know a little controversial, but. You know, she probably did slightly deserve to win that one. The Pudilova fight was seriously one of like the worst decisions all year. Total total robbery there. She also, guys, she missed weight two fights in a row. So she's clearly having trouble making this weight. I don't think she, she's very good. I don't think she has a really good instinct for fighting. She's a horrible grappler. And I just think Cornell is more mean. She, she fights meaner. She gets in the clinch. She throws good knees and elbows. When she gets on top, she's looking to elbow bitches in the face and get that mm. mounted crucifix. And I just think that she's meaner. She does more damage. And I think she's going to win because of that. And I'm not betting on the fight, even though it's pick them. Not going to pick a side. Not a great fight to pick a side on, guys. Not a great fight. Not a great pick -em. Yeah, yeah. What about yeah. the total, Martian? Do you have an opinion on the total? No. No opinion on the total. And that'll do it. Well, I'll pass the it listeners over. Want, the listeners want to know, Martian. Come on. You sounded like the, you saw a lot of Nora footage, bro. What? No. What's the side on the... Well, I mean, on, it, they're they're women, so the over has to be the side. But but I'm not. I'm advising no dollars wagered on the fight unless it's a live bet. That's different. Okay, cool. All right. Well, that's interesting. Um, you know, <laughs> I, I I didn't really look at this fight, guys. I'm not gonna lie to you. But my opinion on the total was that you know Nora, she really hasn't had too many um overall MMA fights. She's very inexperienced. Right, this is her UFC debut. Um and Obviously, not very unproven, but J Jocelyn's fights, a lot of them devolve into 
um, there are wars in the sense of like women's MMA. Like, you know, she's throwing a lot of strikes. Other girls throwing a lot of strikes. Like they're trying to hit each other, but they're both ineffective. But like Nora really hasn't been in fights like that. And then also Jocelyn really hasn't been in fights where, for example, like Martian saying, um, she was fighting a mean girl who's hitting her with elbows. Like, you know, she fought, jo- you know, Jay, uh, what's the girl's name? Jessica Rose Clark. And obviously Jessica Rose Clark doesn't do anything. So Dominated I kind of, yeah, she did, I'm saying, but she didn't try to, you know, do a, you know, really try to bust her up or anything, go for submissions, anything no, like that. totally so, held on. Totally held on. So I like the, the fight to go under, you know, mm. which seldomly the women's fights go under, but I will wait for this price to inflate. And I maybe I'm gonna join on the under because there's only people gonna bet the ghost distance. Yeah, I just feel I, like maybe you're right. I mean, maybe you know, Jocelyn, where she's like so rubbery and shit. Probably, I'm gonna probably just avoid it unless it's a huge price. But I think um Nora ITD that'll be that'll be my pick. Nora, okay, got it. That's enough about that one. We will move on to the next fight, which happens to be. Uh, banger alert. Welterweight division. Great fight here. The return of Reese McKee to the UFC taking on Ange Lusa. Odds for this one have Lusa favored minus 170. Reese McKee plus 145. Your turn to start this one off. Lovely fight. I like this one. Nice and situated too. You know, after we get a few, you know, a, a few fights out of the way, you know, maybe if you're hitting the gym, you're right back to two o'clock. You're ready for this fight. And I think this fight will deliver. Both these guys are more strikers. Um, you know, I think Angelusa might go for a takedown or two, uh, for sure, just because he had uh some success with that against Fletcher, and then McKee had uh bad, you know, experiences with that in the UFC. But you know, McKee, he has some tough fights in UFC, and he's still pretty young. I mean, you know how old he, you know how old he is right away because he's got that shit tattered on his chest. But they are up next, Martian. They are up next, and I do have a bet on Reese McKee. I have him at plus one fifty two. Um, and I take this fight extensively. And the reason I came to this conclusion is, um, I think Angelus is just getting overrated here. Now, I was on him in his last fight against Fletcher. Um, and he was plus money there, if I remember correctly. He was like plus 140, 150, something like that. Um, and he's just fighting a little midget, you know, Fletcher that uh had cardio problems, right? You know, he he looked okay in that fight, um, overall, but I didn't really see any skills that I thought were, um, Anything, one, that I didn't know about beforehand, or two, I think that translates a lot of times to other stylistic matchups. So I think Fletcher there, guy's got T-Rex arms, um, you know, after after he couldn't finish him in that second round, was obviously gassed. You know, I heard someone say, oh, Angelusa, you know, uh, he'll have the grappling advantage over Reese McKee, blah, blah, blah. He took this guy, Fletcher down, yada, yada. Well, in the third round, where he got most of his uh, control time and how he sealed the fight, it was actually Fletcher went in for a takedown. Angelusa just sprawled. And then basically, you know, Fletcher, you know, did, couldn't get back up. Like, Angelusa just spun around a little bit, and Fletcher just went to his back, and he just held him. You know, Fletcher didn't do anything to try to get up, so he kind of conceded the fight, you know, very easily. Reese McKee, on the other hand, um, I think has pretty good cardio overall. His last fight in Cage Warriors, even though it was against the older guy, went into the fourth round. You know, like that or not, you know, I like that he, uh, he, he's he got rounds under his belt. And uh, overall, I think just his jab, his length, I think that should cause uh, Angelus some problems in the in-between points. Um, you know, from my uh, opinion, when he was fighting fighting against uh, Fletcher, it was a lot of single shots. Um, he was he, he had a big reach reach advantage there and a speed advantage, I, I would say, uh, against Fletcher, at least with the reflexes. And he was able to poke, you know, single right hands at him all the time, throw jabs at him a lot. Um, and I think people act like uh, because he's a kickboxer or with uh, Henry Hoof that he's like a really good kicker and stuff. I don't really think that's the case. Reese McKee, I think, probably has a leg kick advantage. So I think if he doesn't get uh, stuck on the ground, which I don't think he will, um, I think he's got a, a decent amount of advantages here. And I don't think he should be the favorite, but I think this line should be more like like plus maybe like 115 uh, on Reese McKee, maybe 110. Uh, so much closer uh, to pick up fight. So at plus 152, ended up uh, putting a little bit more than unit on him. And I think I might double up on it, honestly. But I, I feel good that this that uh this fight will look like Reese McKee will look like a good good bet for most of this fight. Unless he gets starts with a big punch, I think uh he should look good in this fight. Yeah, I think that that's 
pretty accurate. A lot, a lot of what you said, I think being just a smaller dog here uh, makes sense for Reese. And I think the fight you got to really look at is Lusa versus Lazez because, listen, you know, he's old. You know, people like to think he was a prospect for a while, but he actually got into the UFC at like 34. And he fought Lusa when he was like 35, 36. And, uh, you know, he kind of just prodded at him, you know, through a lot of like, it was kind of just a sparring match, honestly. Neither guy really went hard in that fight. And Laziz just uh, outstruck him the entire fight. Um, and and half of Lusa's strikes were leg kicks. You know, 40 out of 88 of his six strikes were leg kicks. So he just wasn't landing enough to the head. But I think that Reese McKee throws a lot to the head. You know, he mixes up his targets well throughout the whole body. But I think the guy landing the more punches to the head in this fight is going to be Reese McKee. We don't know what kind of judge we're going to be dealing with. I would imagine um, the crowd would be slightly in favor of Reese McKee here. Uh, but you never know. Both guys are European. You know, you could see it either way. Uh, I just think that Reese, you know, being the Cage Warriors uh, fighter, um, making his name over there a little bit, I think the crowd will be behind him a little more. What was his last fight in France as well, too? Uh, not no, that I think matters. I was in the UK. Okay, yeah. Not that it matters a whole lot. But. Um, I, I agree with Ozzy here that, that Reese is the side. It's likely going to be a, a high-intensity striking war here. I could see either guy finishing each other. I think it's a little more likely to come on the Lusa side because he is the bigger singular puncher of the two. McKee kind of wears you down with his volume over time. So it's going to be a really high-paced fight. See the under looking good, but I think it'll probably be... And I think you might actually you know uh, steal this one. So... Um, his decision line plus three fifty. Uh, that's a good way to play him. In addition to the money line, so I think I think Ozzy's on the right track here. Uh, good matchup, man. I I like this for Reese coming back into the UFC, and I'm glad they're bringing him back. Uh, he had a tough first run, and we're going to be dropping down to the bantamweight division next. Taylor Lapalus taking on Callan Logren. The odds for this one have Lapalus minus one fifty five, Logren plus one thirty five. A fight that was kind of thrown together last minute here. These guys are both supposed to have different opponents. Laplace was supposed to fight Gafarov, and uh, Lagren was supposed to fight uh, Gemery, right? Gemery couldn't make the weight. They had to shuffle some things around. Uh, but this is going to be a fun one. I think you got the more technical, uh, cerebral guy in Lapalus who, who likes the fight to be clean. He's a southpaw striker. He's got nice jabs and body kicks. And then Lagren, who's more of a brawler, who just gets in your face, pressures you, strings together combinations, and mixes in takedowns pretty often as well. I think we've seen good things from his offensive grappling. You know, it's against the European competitions. So they hold it too highly, but... Um, I just think that with Lagren pushing a high pace here with likely looking to hit some takedowns, I think he's got more upside to to win this fight uh, clearly. I think Lapalus could, uh, you know, have a, a decision that, that leaves it up in the air a little bit here. Uh, but he he's fought good his career here in the UFC, which is nothing new to him. Uh, I mean, he was three and one in the UFC too, guys, uh, before he, you know, got cut for for him. So, uh, you know, good good competitive fight here despite being thrown together on a week's notice. Uh, I don't know. There's a whole lot less up in the air about, or a whole lot more up in the air, excuse me, about Log. But I think this guy, you know, he fights hard, and I think he's going to bring it as the underdog here. So I wouldn't want to lay juice on Maybe look for Lapalus live if you see the Logrins, uh, you know, see how his pressure is working before getting involved in this one. What are your thoughts here? Um, yeah, it's an interesting fight. I, I don't have a, a great read on it overall. You know, uh, Kaolon or Log, uh, say it again. What's his, how do you say his name? What, Log say it again. Logrin. Logrin. Yeah, that's so my Logren. own pronunciation, Log- by the way. Sounds good. Logrin. Um, I've seen a bunch of his fights as they have come up. So I think the first fight that I saw is against that Festus guy. And I was like, all right, this guy's kind of serious. Like, he definitely had a lot of pressure there. Then the next two guys that he beat, Luke Shanks and the Dylan guy, I mean, these, all, these guys are all on a kind of like a round robin over there between that, these guys, Sam Creasy, fucking Hadley fought a few of these guys, um, you know, Michelle, whatever, Macanoni. A bunch of these guys are just in little round robin. And it's kind of hard, honestly, to put, a, you know, put your finger on like what the deal is with all of them in regards to their grappling ability. Because, um, for example, Jake Hadley wrestle fucked Luke Shanks, you know, bad. 
for like five rounds. And then this guy, Colon, Russell fucked Luke Shanks or didn't finish them. But obviously we know Jake Hadley got Russell fucked in the UFC, right? So you see, and you follow me, and all these guys are like the same age, right? These guys are all like 27, 28. So the conclusion is that, you know, British, U, UK, European wrestling is still horrible. So, and now we're looking at the fight here. So the fight is over two and a half minus 205, right? So my feeling is in this fight is this kid cannot pace himself or he might have the best cardio ever. So he might be like, a, who's the guy that beat Francis? What's his name? Isaac the Gullo or whatever the fuck. Bulgarian, yeah. So he might just, yeah, he might just have like a crazy gas tank and could go, 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 go. But either way, I think the fight probably goes the distance because I don't think he could finish Taylor. Taylor's got 21 fights under his belt, never been finished. Um, he's pretty good with his defense. He moves his feet a lot. They're going to be in a bigger cage and um, uh, Lagren is used to as well. And he hasn't really fought, or I think Luke Shanks is actually a softball, but he's a fucking little gremlin, you know, British dude, right? Like, he's got no footwork. None of the guys this guy's ever fought have any footwork. So all of this leads me to want to play Taylor a bit, but i probably avoid it and maybe try to get either round three decision line on Taylor and maybe play like that if I was to play this fight, which I kind of do because I kind of want action. So, yeah, I mean, you mentioned the GT. I mean, I'm seeing over two and a half minus 205. I don't know, man. I think he's yeah. bang. I think I'd rather go under at that price. Maybe I'll even get involved because I, I, I could see, like I was saying with, you know, Logan's going to come out with that, that crazy pressure and he's either going to make something happen himself or he's going to start to get tagged and countered. So I think I'm going to bet the under plus 165. That seems good to me. Let her very, very rare under 2.5 for the Martian. Neither's ever been finished. Let's let's rip an under. Also, this guy Logren's first fight was against a guy who was 0 and 31. His second fight was against a guy who was 0 and 39. Hell of a start to the career there. Good confidence boost. But this will bring us to the last fight on the Morgan Charrier taking on Manolo Zaccini, which is a tremendous Italian name. Uh, Morgan Charrier is minus 340. Zaccini plus 280. Your turn to start this one off. Honestly, I don't really have thoughts on this one other than freaking Morgan looks like a trap rapper. I mean, he looks like he uses <laughs> auto-tune. He looks like Triple X, honestly. I didn't want to say it, but he looks like Triple X. I think uh, Tyrone's I, I, wrong. No, the, the X, X to XX. Oh, uh, you, know, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. he looks right. just like him. He looks just like him, but I don't really have thoughts on him. I mean, the guy's a tank. The guy's a, you know, he kind of reminds me of like, um, damn, it's hard. It's hard to kind of like put it together, but he's, he's a weird fighter, dude. Cause he, he at what weight he's at a 145. He doesn't seem like a 145 fighter. He seems more kind of like a middleweight to me, like a welterweight. Um, he's very strong. Um, he could, he could wrestle a bit. You know, he could get out of takedowns. He's been five rounds before against some super legit guys. Um, but he's there to be hit a bit. He has some power, though, himself. He, he's very experienced, man. For a, for a 27-year-old guy, um, you know, fighting out of uh, you know, Europe, very experienced, hasn't really been finished too much, has gone the distance a bunch of times. But, you know, his decision losses, like I heard some people talking shit about, bro, his decision losses are against super legit guys like very very like other guys that are either ufc level or you know on the world level for sure so he should fuck this manolo dude up but i don't really know shit about the manolo guys i don't really this fight there's too many fights like come on labor day under summer come on guys i can't do all this i looked into this one so thank you finally is just uh kind of similar to log where he just goes forward and, and chucks big shots I don't think he's very good, but, you know, he goes for it. And, and Charrier seems kind of like a, almost like a Danny Green type of fighter where he, he likes to fight clean. He, he's good. He's well-rounded, but it seems like he kind of, I don't know, like taunts and plays with his opponents too much. And he doesn't really realize that these, these rounds come down to small little moments. And he has lost a lot of rounds and decisions in his, just by coming up a little short. I mean, he's five and eight in decisions. So I mean that's a bad record, and you know they're they're good they're good opponents like they're some of the better opponents in Cage Warriors, but just you know 
fights that he's had a few split decision wins himself through that that went his way you know draws you know this guy's gotten a lot of 10 8 rounds uh, majority decisions so i don't know i think a lot of weird stuff happens in this guy's fights i think he, he will win he is the deserving favorite but minus 340 cannot get at all um and you know zucchini i think is probably just going to come at him and, and and you know go for it early and probably uh maybe even get finished himself so uh, yeah, not not a confident uh, read on that one for me, though. Don't really see any bets I'm interested in. That'll move us along to the main card. First fight in the featherweight division, a fight that was thrown together on uh, a week's notice here. Uh, we got Gomes versus Yanis. William Gomes taking on Yanis Gamori. Odds for this one have Gomes minus 235, Yanis plus 203. I've got a bet on Yanis here. Uh, for, I, it might is it the only French versus French fight on the card? Yeah, it is. So you know you never know who the crowd's gonna be behind here. Um, you know, one guy is You're really more, into that. You're really one, into that. Oh, yes. One guy is more Caucasian, one guy is less Caucasian. So I don't know if that'll play a, a role into who the crowd is cheering for. Um, but both these guys Who's who's are, the more Caucasian guy? Uh Giannis. That would be Giannis by a slight margin. But um okay. The the striking here is going to be really low volume. Gomis in his two UFC fights both went the distance. He landed like 27 strikes and 32 strikes over those 15 minutes. So the guy is averaging like two strikes per minute over a, a, a two fight sample size. Uh, so the guy just doesn't throw. He does not throw on the feet. His whole game is jab, jab, get inside, body lock, takedown. Yanis is kind of the same way. He really is. He stands really flat footed. He he hand fights. He throws jabs and then he looks to take guys down. I actually was a little more impressed with Yanis's top game than I was Gomis. I don't think Gomis does much on top at all. I think he's a total lay in prayer. And I think that Yanis, I've seen good things. He gets top half guard. He knows how to control opponents, keep them down, not do too much on the feet. And I really think this fight's going to come down to who can land their takedowns because on the feet, neither guy is going to separate from one another. And I think whoever ends up on top here more often is going to win. So the fact that Gomis, you got to lay 70% juice on Gomis, who who is such a, a, a mediocre, low margin fighter. Gomis is a fucking fraud, bro. Say there it. Tell go. the fucking listeners the truth, Martian. What are you doing? Well, he beat. He beat. He can't boy, even make uh, weight. The fire marshal. He, he can't beat even the make fire marshal, exactly. bro. He almost got his head elbowed in at the fucking end. That was so, bad. Yeah. Gomis, Gomis is a fucking fraud. The only thing he's got going for him is that he's a Gemini. Okay, that's the end. And a seventy-three inch reach, bro. He trains at Fernand Lopez, so you know what they're gonna, how they're gonna fight, bro. They're circling, they're circling, they're throwing a fucking kick. You know, they're throwing a jab cross. They're gonna hug the fuck out of you, and then he's gonna try to hit a t- hit a trip takedown. Um, you know, we were fading him with Lucas Almeida. Lucas Almeida's gonna bust his ass up. You saw Jarno Aaron's last week. He sucks. Um, he's terrible. Um, so, I mean, if you looked at his, any of his fights, the Jose Marcos fight, I mean, both these guys, uh, funny enough, were in like Aries and, and all those kinds of things, right? UAE warriors, right? These are basically, these are, um, from like when I'm describing stuff over here, where, for example, when I was like Joe Selecki versus, uh, Jared Gordon, I was like, that's a fucking CFFC fight, motherfuckers. That's a regional, you know, King of Jersey fight. Like what would be the, the odds? If uh, if they're fighting CFFC, same shit for this fight. This guy is moving up from 135, but he used to fight at 145. But they're giving us 210, 205 on this motherfucker. I already bet him at like 225, but they're give, giving us that on this guy. There's no way this William Gomez guy, if he was plucked into Aries FC right now, after what we saw the, his ass doing his UFC fights, will we take him and be like, hey, this guy, the the freaking goes the distance of the over. Uh, is minus 240 and his ass is minus 240 so you might as well fucking pay, play the over if you have any interest in this motherfucker go means but i'm gonna be taking i'm gonna be riding with you and we're taking the underdog here and uh, we're gonna cash that ticket what is the total uh oh it's heavily two and used. a half minus 240 it's the same accurate. price as the money line for go accurate yeah we should uh, probably not get greedy and we just play the over right no you gotta lay uh, i i don't oh. want to lay that because that yeah, is like you said, what, that's the what frog, she said. That's what she the said. Fraud Gomez could could lay an egg and get finished. So, um, just easy easy fade on Gomez minus two hundred, and that's going to move us along to a highly anticipated bout. A lot of the cappers are talking about this one. Personally, no interest in this one. 
but it'll be it'll be a lot of guys got a lot riding on this one. Uh, light, heavyweight out, division, light heavyweight division, Volcano Ozdemir, Bogdan Guskov. Odds for this one, Ozdemir minus one seventy five, Guskov plus one fifty. Let's hear your thoughts on the debutant Guskov, who to me looks like. Anthony Smith combined with Noho Hank from the TV show Barry. Uh, yes. A little bit of a niche reference. Love that show. Love it. Yes. You Barry, see it? Number one show. Number one show. Number one show of the last two years. Agreed. One of them. One. Uh, one so of your turn to start. One, yes. Your turn. Yes. I love Barry, though. I love Barry. Um, I love that guy, too, whatever the, the, the name of his was. Um, yeah. So if you came, if you guys were coming uh, on this podcast or listening to us, you know, weekly. First of all, shout out to you. Appreciate it for sure. Like and subscribe, share. Um, but second, unfortunately, you are not gonna get very much detail on this fight here because this fight here. I mean, personally, I just, you know, I'm looking at Volkan. This is the thing. I don't like fading fades with fades, right? Um, but especially when it's like a guy like Volkan, where I like betting against Volkan. Like I'm the dumb motherfucker that I had Paul Craig. <laughs> against Volkan that one time. But then I also had Nikita Krylov last time. So don't don't get it don't get it fucking twisted. And it was for much much a much higher uh much higher rate. So but point is I did bet a little under here and it was minus one thirty. Not committed to it or 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 a, or a passion take. But basically everyone that I know that I think is okay at betting at MMA, they say hey this guy's a fraud. This you know um Volkan should be able to knock him out, blah 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 blah. Personally, I just feel that Volkan, he's very upright. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't really have a great guard in terms of blocking punches. He likes slipping punches and then throwing like that overhand over the top into the left hook, or he'll do it in the other direction, right? The left, you know, slip and then uh, left hook to the overhand. But he's going to be there for this guy to jab. So this guy's going to be able to jab. They're going to probably be trying to jab each other. But Volkan doesn't really throw jabs, he kind of like throws those walking in punches. And that's why he kind of started getting, you know, one, Yuri was able to kind of get away from him a few times. But then he started getting hit with straight shots, that every straight shot that Yuri was throwing. So I don't know too much about this guy. I watched a few of his fights. A lot of them were quick. Um, I saw the one that he got knocked out by that one guy. But that one guy is not that bad. So, you know, Volkan, he's, I think he kind of looks slow at 205, honestly. Like, he kind of looks like a guy, maybe he could fight a heavyweight. I don't know. But I'm not, I just never really liked his style. Um, I feel like that Paul Craig fight, he looked terrible, even though he won. Like, he was just taking a lot of breaks. It looked like his engine and his motor was really slowing down. And uh, he's fighting against a hungry guy here who's a little bit younger than him, looking to break into UFC here. You know, I understand people like Volkan, and I respected the take, so I just took some exposure to the fight in the under uh, one-and-a-half area. Yeah, I don't have much conviction here. And I think anybody like giving you a confident take on this Guskov guy, I think they're they're kind of blowing smoke because like how can you watch these guys' fights and like think you got a really good read on them? I mean, like the fights are ending so quickly. Most you know, of the fights like, I don't even know who's who until yeah. later. Like yeah, I, the, honestly. Well, even the one he got knocked out in with the other guy, I I didn't realize who the, I was oh, he's the one with the back tattoo. I didn't know. I had no idea. Yeah, I, I guess in Russia it hasn't like caught on that they, they should put like the names on the screen with like the, the sometimes they do, but I'm I guess like I'm looking at it and I still get like I I swear to God I've gotten them mixed up a few times and I'm like oh fuck. yeah, <laughs> and but, I don't think it's because I'm not dumb, dude. It's because like the guys kind of look the same. Oh, certainly like, not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't tell yourself like, short. No, definitely not. I mean, at, at least that part I could get right for sure. You know. Right. I mean, you're bi- you're bilingual. You can't be dumb by your own definition. I'm bilingual. And- yeah, I'm bilingual for sure. Exactly. So, I mean, Guskov, who the hell knows, man? He doesn't look good to me. Um, th- This price, I mean, it could be generous on Vulcan, but I-, I really don't see Vulcan going out here and just making it look easy. I mean, Vulcan doesn't make anything look easy, no. bro. Nothing. Not in, not in several. He made Ira Latifi look easy. That was four years ago. And this dude just looks w- worn since then. I- really worn. And he do, you know he doesn't train in America anymore, right? Because he he can't come to America anymore. So interesting. Maybe that's what. Because you know he used to be part of the Black Zillions, if I remember correctly. But then he mm. beat up some guys outside of a bar, and now he trains mm. in Europe. So I had to remember that. And but, from what I understand, is that European training? It ain't all that, bro. 
Yeah. Well, that would also trend trend led to Guskov though. He's from Uzbeki Beki Stan Stan. Um, as Ben Carson, but he trains. With, but he train he trains are like no. He train. He's his training situation is is. De- it's a, he's more in like Asia, Russia. Yeah, that is true. It is a stand. It is a former uh, USSR country. Um, where did? Yeah, he trains it somewhere. Oh, is he training with Johnny Walker? Is that? Yeah, yeah, some other shit. Yeah, that's. Oh, it. interesting. That might be the X factor here, guys. That might. And be you the know, X Johnny factor. Walker has it, the other Walker, his his brother Sirak. That's true. Brown brown belt in jujitsu. Um. Yeah, man, I don't, I don't know though. That's enough about this shit. I, I think Volkan will win. Not confident enough. Over under, Martian. Over under. Pick one. I'll go over. I will. Um, All right, you. But this, this kind of, this kind of reminds me of um that Ruzaboyev guy. Remember, like he looked no good on tape. You're like, oh, a lot of his wins are just weird fights where he quickly finishes the guy, and then he catches a light kick and knocks Ferreira the fuck out. You know, it's just because these big, these big guys at 185, 205 high variance fights as some like to call it and this is what that's this is going to be so no interest in the juice there next fight lightweight division probably the best fight on the card highest level matchup on the card benon saint denis taking on tiago moises odds for this one have bsd minus 155 the frenchman taking on the brazilian plus 135 moises the veteran the young veteran and it's my turn to start it off but I'm gonna pass it over to Ozzy so he can start it off. Actually, is that cool? Yeah, sure. Well, why not? Yeah, yeah. Great, great fight here. Uh, lightweight fight. We are Benoit Saint Denis, still holding it down here, trying to move up the lightweight ranks. And he's he getting froggy. You know, he's trying to he's trying to skip some steps because he beat up that freaking you know Brazilian prospect. He was going with that you know he, he's going crow cop on him. I, I guess that guy never saw a body kick. And then, you know, he took him down and he, you know, he kind of land back and, he, you know, he beat him up pretty bad. But, you know, here he's taking on, like you said, you know, super, super grizzled vet, um, ETT lightweight, uh, Tiago Moises. You know, Tiago Moises, he's grown a lot in the UFC. He came in, you know, he, he had actually, um, it's not LFA technically, it's like the RFA. That's how OG Tiago Moises is. He couldn't even fight in LFA because, uh, because he was, he, it was before his time. So, but he won like the belt there. Then he came into UFC, had to fight, uh, what's his name? Um, Benil. And, you know, he showed his wrestling, right? Was, was bad there. But he's grown. He's had, has uh, added to his wrestling, you know, working with, like Grant Dawson, a bunch of these other guys in, uh, you know, in that camp over there. His jujitsu game has always been really good. You know, his last fight against Costa, who Costa, like a few weeks ago, people were saying, you know, he's like the next great, you know, Brazilian prospect. And Tiago kind of, you know, it was a competitive fight for a little bit, but mostly Tiago handled him, especially when once that second round started. And the fact is that Tiago just seen everything that Benoit Saint Denis is gonna bring at him. His last fight was against the softball. He's fought guys like you know Islam Makachev. He's fought guys like Bobby Green, who might you know be uh, like with the with the pressure and you know trying to back him up, you know like uh, like Benoit might do. This is gonna be a big cage over there as well. And Tiago, he's got pretty good footwork. He moves you know pretty well. But Benoit, he just doesn't have the amount of tools I feel on the feet overall that are going to reliably win this fight for him. He throws a body kick and he throws a left cross. You know, that's pretty much it. He doesn't really um, look to counter. You never really see him catch and throw back, you know, anything like that, which stuff that Tiago does, you know, pretty well, in my opinion. Um, could Tiago get caught with the left hand? Definitely, for sure. You know, I, I would say his boxing defense sometimes is maybe what what is lacking for him uh, a, a few times but his his wrestling is is very good his defensive wrestling i think has improved a lot and then defensively jiu-jitsu wise i think he's you know i don't think he's really getting submitted here so i think these guys are pretty you know i'm like i'm gonna respect saint denis i'm not gonna say that you know tiago moises is way better than him but i think tiago moises is better and i think with the uh, experience that just puts him over the top. So I like Tiago Moises money line, and I like this fight to probably go over potentially. But I have more conviction, and honestly, on the Tiago Moises side, you know, I think people say say that he's just going to fold and all these kinds of things. And obviously, the Joel Alvarez fight was a bad look, but Joel Alvarez is an awkward guy to fight sometimes for some people, and he doesn't have anything like Benoit saying to me he doesn't really kick, you know, throw those front kicks like Joel. 
doesn't throw kind of like elbows and stuff like that in the clinch. Doesn't throw those knees. Doesn't really have like a front guillotine game and stuff like that that you don't really want to shoot in and, and expose yourself to um, potentially. And uh, and there's going to be way more room for, I, I feel, Tiago to navigate. So at plus 135, I think this price might go up. I honestly don't know where, which direction this line could go. Um, but when I look at this fight, I really feel really ve- like very, very good about Tiago Moises. You know, I respect the knee, but... I mean, telling you, the guys that he's fought have not had those fundamental um, skills that Tiago Moises definitely does have, and uh, should be able to uh, to be able to reverse and change the tempo of the fight at uh, many points. So, should be a very entertaining fight, though. But I love Tiago Moises in this spot. Don't get it twisted. Yeah, this is a great fight. It is a fight that uh, I think is really competitive. I do think Ozzy's probably on the right track, leaning with the dog. I would I'd much rather take Moises at the plus money here than laying the juice on Saint-Denis. Uh, but I do think that the Saint-Denis will present some problems, really, because uh, he comes out so hard. He's spamming these left kicks, overhands, shooting takedowns. And I kind of question what Moises is going to do to stop that pressure, because he knows Denis is going to come at him hard. What is his plan to deal with this pressure? Because I think that, if he tries to to skirt around the cage and use his movement, I don't think it's going to go too well. I think he needs to tie the knee up, slow down the tempo, maybe look to hit his own takedown. And I think that's actually the right plan for Moises here because Moises' open space takedowns are not too good. He doesn't do the best job setting them up. He doesn't do the best job following through with those takedowns. But when he gets the fight in the clinch and he gets you against the cage, he's pretty good at mixing with the, uh, the upper body clinch down to the takedown and getting you down to the floor. So he needs to tie the knee up slow this tempo down. And I think that, you know, the second and third round will favor Moises. The guy just knows how to work in fights better. He's actually, we you know, won fights by decision. You know, he's six and four in decisions, not, you know, the craziest record, but also fall guys, Benil Dayush, uh, Demir Ismagulov, uh, you know, he's fought in so, so much higher level competition. And he's, you know, like I said, in the start, he's a, a young veteran. I mean, this guy's been, uh, at the highest level, or you know, at a very high level as a pro, and he hasn't really taken a lot of damage in many for of ten years. Yeah, yeah, and he, he basically take... he got he got beat up in one fight in his career, and that's yeah. Joel Alvarez, which was a quick one too. So like he just got caught there. He got caught early. He got swarmed. He got finished. But we we haven't really seen him take like a sustained beating. So you know. I think he he's he's not fresh, sh- dude. He is yeah. He's fresh. not showing any signs of slowing down. I think he looked great in his past two fights, and uh, this is this is going to be competitive. I, I think Saint Denis will get off to a big start here. Moises will will shoot up to a bigger underdog, but then the tempo will slow down a little bit. Moises will work his way into the fights, make some reads, and start to take over in the second and third round. So I think it will be a Moises decision here, uh, but. It, it will be competitive. Wouldn't shock me to see Benoit win the first two rounds, uh, but it would shock me to see Benoit winning in the third round. I really favor Moises if this gets to the third round here, which is big. You know, cardio advantage goes a long, long way. So, um, you know, I think that, uh, you know, Ozzy's probably on the right track. Really, really good fight, though. Good matchmaking. And uh, that's going to move us on to the Comian event. Women's flyweight division, Menon Fierro taking on uh, former champion Rose Namajunas. Odds for this one have Mano minus one seventy five, Namajunas plus one fifty. So Rose going up in weight here, going to be the smaller woman, and I think she might even be the slower woman despite going up in weight because Manon is quick. You know she's got good footwork, good kicking. Uh, knows how to keep the fight at the distance that she wants, you know, with, with her straight punches, with her side kicks, and can even hit a, you know an occasional body lock takedown from here and there. And I think that she's just going to beat Rose here, guys. I think the size is going to be too much. I think the the, the distance striking for Manon is going to be too tough. I mean, w- what is Rose going to do at distance here, man? I think I think Rose or Manon is just going to be way more powerful and dangerous with her, with her strikes. She's got better distance management. I think Rose is really going to have to crash inside, make something happen in the pocket, or, or get the fight to the floor. And I don't even think that... The, I rate her chances too highly of doing that. So I actually think we're probably seeing a little bit of over respect for, for Rose here based on her name value. And I think Firo is the side here at juice minus 175. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a shaky scenario, guys. We always say don't bet women's MMA juice. Um, you know, it's t- historically not a good thing, but it's a little different when you have two uh, fellow, you know, top five, top 10 esque women. When you have, you know, good 
women fighters, I think the juice is a little bit uh, more understandable than obviously the, the prelim tier fighters. So in my opinion, Manon is experienced enough. We've seen good enough things to where I think the juice is actually probably fine on her here. Not not even I think that that all three of her past most recent fights, Chuk, Maya, Bueno Silva, all tougher opponents uh than than Rose here. So uh I, I like Manon. Um what are your thoughts here? Uh yeah, intriguing intriguing enough fight here. Um, you know, I didn't really think that they were going to set up um you know, feel roll with this one, but obviously hometown fight, I think she's shown pretty well in a lot of her fights. And the biggest thing is that, you know, Rose, I don't know what her game plan is, what her approach is going to be, but I just feel that Manon, even in, let's say, like a, a pivotal third round, I just really don't uh, foresee Rose having much grappling success, whether that be from the clinch or, um, you know, in the wrestling department. And I do think that Manon can wear Rose down. I was looking at Rose's past history. You know, she's lost a lot of these third rounds, man. You know, even if you think that Wei Li fight, if that Wei Li fight was a three-round fight, she loses. You know, she, you know, I think people, there's another, you know, factor. They see Wei Li, what she's doing right now, and they kind of maybe are trying to kind of merge that with, oh, who, who Wei Li was when she was fighting Rose or how she performs when she's fighting Rose. You know, I don't know what it is, um, but obviously a big difference, right? So, you know, I don't, I don't ever... You know, I always try to make sure that I'm not making that mistake from because a lot of these fighters do end up being on a somewhat similar schedule, right? Where, you know, you might see one one person fight August, you know, 15th, and then you see the other motherfuckers fight August 29th. And then you kind of think, oh, well, this, this, and that. And no, I'm not trying, you know, I'm not doing these A, you know, A squared plus B squared. No, don't don't do that stuff because that, that's what gets you in trouble. Um, it's much more about how styles work how fighters evolve, and the position they, they are relative to each other in their career. And the fact is, when you look at the pool that Rose is fighting within, you know, she really wasn't fighting, hasn't been fighting a lot of girls that, uh, that pose, you know, problems like Menon does. Southpaw, very aggressive, will come forward. Um, has, I think her cardio has looked really good, right? She's got a lot of UFC rounds under her belt at this point. Um, and she, you know, Rose hasn't fought in like 16 months. And, you know, I think maybe uh, a factor, right, we, I, I just described how Rose, not great cardio, right, in, the, in three round fights, right, has lost multiple uh, of, her th of the third rounds in a lot of her fights. And we saw her in her last fight not do shit in the whole fight. And I'm kind of thinking that she remembered now I'm kind of when I'm looking back at it, she recognized that she lost to Whaley. Right, the first three rounds, and the way that she won that fight was taking her down, and you know, round four and five, like having enough gas to do that, I guess. So I think she maybe she was just trying to save herself, you know, in that fight against Carla, and that's why she wasn't doing anything. But I don't think in this fight she's gonna be able to save gas. So maybe Rose, if you like to play Rose, I think trying to you know snipe something early with her, um, in terms of a round prop, because a lot of her wins are. Or a lot of her success, a lot of her success or her best rounds are round one. Look at like the Jessica uh, Andrade fight, and you know I think both of them, the ones that she had with her, um, and many of her other fights. But the girl doesn't really have that many fights under her belt in the last few years. Like Manon is catching up to her in terms of UFC fights, and you know she hasn't even been here that long. So I think she's a side as well, honestly. But this is a fight, and I think for a lot of these fights, people should do this: is before these fights, you got these leans. Tell yourself, who do you want to live bet beforehand? And I'll tell you right now, Manon is someone that I want to live bet. Tiago Moises is someone that Martian and I want to live bet. You know, there's a few guys in here. Taylor Lapalus, a guy I want to live bet. Reese McKee, a guy that I think I want to live bet. So I've got a few of these marked. Um, and you saw it last week. It could pay dividends that that uh, Tyler Santos, right, right? I think Aaron was the underdog right after round one. Yeah, right? I lo I lo yeah. Well, but yeah, she got to plus two hundred or something. She was the under. She was the underdog. So that was a fight where you could, uh, realistically, you know, that's the easy one to like spot beforehand, right? But you have to have this conviction. You have to kind of know this. You know, you don't want to be caught off guard with, even if like uh, it was a close round, you know, right? Because sometimes you think a round's close or a rounds, you know, not close, whatever. But the live line doesn't really represent your opinion on it, and then you kind of have to make a snap call. So it's better to establish, hey, this is who I want to bet. 
because whatever the result of round one was, that you think, you know, they're the better fighter in the second half of the fight. So this is one of them, but I think I'm going to end up betting on Manon before the fight. And I respect Rose, but I just don't think that uh, this is a good uh, matchup for her. She's going to be able to beat girls at 125, but I don't think Manon. Manon is, I think, like similar to Valentina. So I think it's going to be a hard fight for Rose. Ozzy preaching that live betting philosophy right there. Some would some would charge you, uh, you know, a whole course to to get that, but you know, we're getting it right on right on the the free podcast here. So take notes, everybody. Main event time, heavyweight fight, Cyril Gan headliner for the second time in a row in Paris, taking on Sergey Spivak. Odds for this one: Gan minus one sixty four, Spivak plus one forty four. France versus Moldova here, European showdown. No, you go, you go, you go, please first. You go, you go. Okay. You, the, 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 Spivak is your boy. Come on, you gotta. He is. So now, first thing I gotta talk about is Gon's last fight against John Jones was perhaps one of the most pathetic displays in a high level fight we've ever seen. Ever. Like, I don't know if anyone has shit the bed and shit their bridges as badly as gain shit himself there i mean he got totally out of position throwing left hand got taken down panicked and then tapped to a submission that you should never be tapping to i don't know about you ozzy in my in my jujitsu journey i wouldn't want to be caught dead tapping to a choke like that in training let alone Bro, I don't in get guillotine, of, dog. You tell you the fuck you tell him, dude. I don't get guillotine, dog. It's yeah. Yo, I was wondering really, some insane dude this week. This motherfucker. This dude, I don't, I still don't know who he was because after I was like, I don't even care who this guy was, but he's definitely some sick grappler from like Texas. And this guy was making it his mission for the 15 minutes that we grappled to try to guillotine me. No dice. That's the exactly. spot. That's that's the spot of a good grappler, guys. If you could get out of guillotine, so kids work on your guillotine. I mean, defense. yeah, it's a submission that that at first it seems it seems scary, but then it's yeah. like all things, when you realize that there's a way to work out of it, and that as long as you don't panic. And there's a way to work through it. And, it, you know, in terms of like on a scale of one to 10 on how dangerous that guillotine was, it was probably like a three or a four. It was nowhere mm-hmm. near dangerous. And, and gone was tapping two minutes in two minutes in. He just he just completely uh, was was scared there. So Sergei Spivak is a man who can collapse in a similar way, but it's just strikes and not to, to submission. So both guys a little flaky, you know? And I sort of think that one guy is going to finish the other here within two and a half rounds. I do think the fight will go under two and a half. And I realistically see a path for either guy, you know? Gone on the feet, his movement is going to be hard for, for uh, Spivak to get inside. I really don't see Spivak having much striking success at all here. But then Gone also doesn't, you know, pour it on at times. He doesn't really hit the hardest. And, you know, he also might be now scared to, to commit to that left hand because he committed to a straight left hand versus Jones. He missed it by a mile. He got taken down. So in this fight, we're likely going to see a lot of movement, a lot of jabs, a lot of leg kicks, maybe not even too many leg kicks because he's scared of getting taken down. I think it's just going to be gone using his movement, stand on the outside, punching some straight punches in Spivak's face. And Spivak's going to be looking to close the distance. Obviously, he's going to be looking to get these takedowns. But to me. The fight comes down to is with how horrible uh, Gon just looked against a wrestler and how quickly he tapped out there. I want no business laying juice on him against another wrestler. I'm not saying Sergey Spivak is the same level of wrestler or fighter as John Jones, <clears throat> but he's fighting a guy who you know wants to take the fight to the floor. And we just saw him fight terribly in that <clears throat> same type of stylistic matchup. So. To me, this is like a prove-it spot. You know, Gon can get back on track here with the win. Maybe we'll elect to bet him in his next fight or something. But this spot is going to be a no-go. I think someone's getting finished. I think hopefully it'll be Spivak. Um, and I have, Marcia, no, make a pick. I have no pick. I have no pick. That was my no, next thought. I no, have no, no, no gun no, to my head pick here. No, no you're under, picking Spivak. No, under two and a half. Sh- you were sucking under, shit in the chats. Nope. You were sucking shit in the chats. You picked Spivak. Yes, you did. You pick no, Spivak. There's no pick. Yes, there's no pick. There's no, you pick there's Spivak. no pick. So there's you're no telling pick. me you're you're picking a motherfucker right here that his last three fights. Let me tell you who he's beat, Martian. Greg Hardy, Augusto Sakai, and Derek Lewis. So that's who you're picking against Wait, but, Gunn but, and Paris. But who's, 
Who is a, a better heavyweight fight? Who's a more that's accomplished fighter, Augusto Sakai or Cyril Gaon? That's who you're picking, Martian. Who's that's a more who accomplished MMA fighter? Well, Cyril Gaon's been on headliner and posters, so he's more accomplished because he has headliner posters. Look at his merch. He he's sucks. got way more merch. He's got Gaon way sucks. more merch. He's got way more. Ask Joey Coco. Does he? Ha- if he has any fucking Augusto Sakai merch, I guarantee you he doesn't, and I guarantee you he probably has some Gaon merch. So that tells you right there who's so. more accomplished, motherfucker. Where uh, you know you got your boy in Philly who lives three doors down is is, is got got gone merchandise. All right. So I just told you the three guys that this guy just beat, and let me tell you, he had to take all these guys down multiple times. So even like even Augusto Sakai's fat, sloppy polar bear, you know, not polar bear because why am I disrespecting Spivak? Spivak's a polar bear. Freaking what's the Piece of shit bear, piece of shit animal. Anyway, Augusto Sakai, a co- uh, panda, panda. So uh, dumbass panda, uh, Augusto Sakai. Even he was getting up, kind of. And freaking Gon is quick, dude. He's fast. And in that, those big, this guy's only been fighting in apex cages, dog. He, he, they don't let him out the apex. I guess the Greg Hardy fight wasn't. But dude, he got so lucky in that Greg Hardy fight. The Greg Hardy just ran up to him, dude. He was like hip tossing, dude. Can you? It was like a freaking uh, a high school talent. It was like a high school talent show, bro. You ever <laughs> like the uh, guy Joey was Coco? Like, Joey Coco has no gone merchandise. All right, well, ask him what what's more expensive on the open market, like the 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 exclusivity of the such the low inventory that there could be of Sergey Spivak merch or whatever the fuck you know people buy of gone anyway Ozzy, is, is gone is gone a good mma fighter uh yeah he's good man this guy's solid dude he's great i like surreal gone and i think he's gonna fuck up uh this dude um what's it called the uh, polar bear because this guy just can't take punches dude and like he just gets hit and he's gonna go down dude look at all his other fights any like he didn't get That's hit any true. fight any fight where he got hit by someone real, like except for two Ivas, two Ivasa is the one where he was able to survive. I just don't like Sergey Spivak, dude. But I don't want to lose on Gon because I lost. I had him against uh, Francis. So yeah, and you you also had Derek Lewis against him, didn't you? Ah uh, no, I didn't. Er, you were you, were, you well, doubted him? Maybe severely. was which? Uh, no, I think I might have ta- taken Derek Lewis the first time when that shit went up to like plus three hundred or whatever it was. But I don't think I I don't think I ran it back. I might have. Who, who who the fuck knows? But Spivak sucks, dude. This is what I'm trying to say. Look how he finished Derek Lewis. Like, it's not good transitions. Like, he's in like that bullshit. How why how why couldn't he arm triangle Derek Lewis there, dude? Come on. He Wait, didn't even get close. Who? Spivak? Yeah. He did arm triangle him. No, he grand upounded him. No, he didn't, bro. I'm looking at it right now. I, I actually thought he did too, but rewatching it, I was right, like, well, whoa, he's he, here. Well, there, there was one. There was one position before where he was trying that bullshit his arm triangle, and that shit didn't look good. But my point is that it's not like Cyril Gaon. Like, is oh, like the John Jones is a menace, dude. He's like a fucking hyena, you know, like a werewolf going after you to grapple yeah, like you and take you down, ago. dude. But he's eighty-four inch reach, dude. He's swarming you. You can't get away from him, dude. Sergey Spivak's kind of like reaching out. You know, to do these dumbass little trips and shit. That's not real takedowns, dude. At, like, maybe it'll work on these non-nimble heavyweights. But Gon knows how to frame. He knows how to get clinches. How to get his, you know, um, you know, ties in, collar ties, tie clinch, get underhooks. Look when he fought on, what's his name? Obviously, this guy's not a grappler, but uh, Volkov. When he was fighting Volkov, he was clinching with him. He was moving him in the clinch, you know, backing him up. So... It's not gonna take that many punches to knock this dude out. Like, come on! You saw what happened to 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 Tuivasa, and this guy has terrible cardio. You saw him but against Olenek. Is, but here's you the thing, though: the, the difference with Tuivasa is he 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 could plant his feet and throw in that fight because he knew Tuivasa is not gonna take him down. I don't. You think the possibility of game being so terrified of a takedown oh. that he's just gonna jab and and no, run? He's gonna like, knock I mean, this guy out. He's gonna knock this guy out. Probably. Probably, but, laying, but are you are you laying juice? Probably. That's no good. Maybe minus That's or no minus one thirty five ITB. I think that Gon will win, <laughs> but I think that he's not a smart bet. Not a long term smart. Gone by gone by submission. What is it? Damn, only ten to one term. That is all right. Time for the FMK segment here. 
and I have I have my three for you. Okay, go ahead. Are we here we go? Number one, Reese McKee. Number two, Tiago Moises. Number three, Cyril Gone. All money line, gone minus one sixty four, Moises plus one thirty five, and McKee plus one forty five. Mm, it's easy. I'm gonna uh I'm gonna fuck um Tiago Moises because Tiago Moises, he's like, you know, he he's boys are my boy, you know, um you know, Grand Dawson. Grant. So I know I know he knows what he's doing, you know, especially when he gets on the ground. So uh so I'm going with him. So I'm fucking him. I'm marrying Reese McKee. You know, I we gotta get some pigment uh in, into that side of the world. And uh, and populate the, the 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 world with better wrestlers and better jujitsu uh, jujitsu fighters. So that's what we need to do. That's what Brazil and and the UK they need to start trade. Um, and then I'm killing Serial Gun just because I mean I, I don't mind Serial Gun money line, but the fact is the sharp money is probably on the, that's the funny thing about it is that you know the sharp money is on Sergey Spivak, dude. Because all the Dude, do you think casuals are fucking betting on Sergey Spivak? That's uh, that true. line keeps going down, dude. I thought that line was gonna be like two twenty for for gone. Just because I just feel, I feel like honestly, like people like know like to oh man, speculative bet just on the grappler or heavyweight. But I doubt that many casuals are taking. You know, Spivak's ground game don't look good, dude. That's the thing. He sucks. So anyway. All right, I believe in Let's, I believe in Spivak. I hate Spivak. I hate him. I hope he loses. Okay, but, um, our, give it Martian, to me. All right, all right. So I'm gonna give you. Um, you're gonna have Manon Hero money line minus one thirty five. Uh, let's give. That's not her line. Or excuse me, excuse me. Minus minus one seventy five. Yeah, I misspoke. My bad. Don't don't get your pennies in a bunch. All right. Um, I'm gonna give you Ashrat ITD. Minus 105. And I'm going to give you tail or um, the log hand plus 130. So fuck, Mary kill those three, Martian. I don't think that line for Bosch ITD is correct. Or sure did I say it, it, I meant the decision line. Sorry. Oh, okay. See, I'm immediately noticing these discrepancies. And then the last one was Logren. Wow. Logren. This is a steaming pile of shit right here. Perfect. So That's what you deserve. We will marry the nice French lady with moles all over her face. Um, mm. You know that scene in Inglorious Bastards when, like, the first scene when, like, the 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 milk farm. You know, uh, she reminds me of one of the daughters in that in that scene. Um, nice. She was definitely grown. She was definitely grown that in movie? the lab. Yeah, but she once or twice. But she was definitely Firo was definitely grown in a lab, dude, for sure. Mm-hmm. And then we will have to. Um, well, fuck the bash decision. That seems like the most likely outcome of the fight. So we'll we'll do a little investment there, and then we'll kill the Irishman, uh, uh, Colin Logren. Wow, you before you're gonna kill the Irishman before you lay juice. Uh, you're gonna lay juice on this on a decision line before, and and kill the fucking the Irishman. Yeah, it, it's it's it seems like the uh, minus EV outcome for Basharat. I think it will happen. Uh, disapp- okay, disappointingly, cool. disappointingly. Cool, so that'll cool. do it. That'll do it for us, folks. Um, the the streak of UFC events continues. So don't worry, we will be back next week. Uh, it's the it's the Sydney pay per view. Adesanya versus Sean Strickland. Yep, yep, and we'll be starting from the top of the card, guys. Remember that. That's right. Um, the main event. First, first time in history. And that will do it. So hope everyone enjoys the fights from Paris this weekend. Hope Happy you all Labor win. Day. Hope you all win some bets. And Happy Labor Day. Yeah, sure. Um, hope you all enjoy the fights, win some bets. We will see you all next week before, uh, before the next UFC event. Peace out, everyone. Later.